What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Josh Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How's everyone doing? Doing great. Let's get ready to run <laughs> I am doing fantastic, because I spent awesome. last week in Disney World, and it was magical. And I don't know where we're going to put it, but I have audio that I recorded with my sister about the experience. But, oh, my goodness gracious. Everyone needs to go to Disney World. I mean, I guess you can wait till next year because next year is going to be unbelievable. But, goodness gracious, there's still so much fun stuff to do now that's Star Wars themed. I was just running around like a five-year-old having a blast. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, so that was really great. That was obviously my biggest Star Wars thing. I was so upset, though, because I didn't bring our business cards. Oh. And I probably would have gotten harassed for soliciting inside. Um, Maybe. <laughs> but it was the perfect audience. There were so many cool Star Wars t-shirts. Yeah. Just stand outside of Star Tours. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Right? Here you go. It's a small world. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Well, that was the funny thing is like, you know, of course you see your Mickey shirts and your Disney themed shirts, but they're like, everyone's now like, oh, I can wear my Star Wars shirt to the park. So all the parks, it was just Star Wars, really cool Star Wars stuff everywhere. So, and then some kids in full costume, which is not fair, but cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was my Star Wars week. What about you? I'm glad you had fun at at Disney World because I've never actually been to Disney World proper. Uh, really? Only, I've only been to Epcot and Disney Springs. so. Yeah, we hit Disney Springs for celebration last year. And, and just even there, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff. Like that yeah. uh, that Star Wars store with all the banners inside. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But that was, that's about it. Yeah, I got to give a quick shout out actually to uh, my flight mate going down there. His name was Jeff. Him and his son are huge fans of Star Wars. They've watched all the Clone Wars episodes like eight times, and I said I'd give them a shout out. Uh, <laughs> he got my last business card, so. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, you know, you strike up a conversation these days, and you could just be sitting next to a super fan. You never know. There's more of us than you think. But, yeah. Cool. Good times. Alex, what'd you do? Uh, let me see. We were able to do The Void, finally. The Secrets of the Empire. <gasps> oh my gosh. Awesome. It's totally worth it. It's You spend about $30, $30 for 15 minutes, but I mean, it's That's such, not bad. It really isn't. Uh, it's such a cool experience. For if you, how many if you minutes? Can. 15 minutes? 15. That's, okay. Yeah, that's not that bad. So yeah. just so everyone knows what you're talking about, explain what The Void is. So The Void is a 4D, fully immersive I don't even know. Oh, it's it's you're you're as a stormtrooper and you're going through a whole storyline. So you it's like are VR, acting. Right? It's like VR, yeah. You're you're acting as a stormtrooper, infiltrating an imperial. I think it's a weapons depot or something like that. I don't I don't want to say more than that, but it's it's so cool because you get blasters, you get the VR helmet. Um, they put you in teams of four. If if you're near any of the VR places, uh, I think there's. Glendale Galleria, uh, Glendale, California, Disneyland, and Disney World has it right now, and a few in the UK as well. It's totally worth doing it. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, one of the things at Launch Bay, they had a video about all the upcoming and current fun things happening, and they talked about the void. And I was just, you know, super jealous that you got to do that. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's been open for almost, what, a year? They announced it during, you know, our, uh, Celebration Orlando, and we just never got a chance to do it. We finally did it. And, it was it was really really cool. It's totally worth the the thirty dollars. 
That's awesome. Yeah, yes. I did one at Madame Tussauds. I don't know if I talked about it on the pod. It was like a Ghostbusters one. Um, and it was pretty pricey. Um, and it was not nearly 15 minutes. 15 minutes sounds like a good immersive experience. Goodness gracious. Well, you get so into it. And at the end, it just felt like it ended very abruptly. Ah. Uh, but I mean, it's your adrenaline is rushing. You're, you know, you're part of the storyline and all that. Uh, it was about 15 minutes. The experience, the whole experience takes about half an hour from the pre-video that you watch that sets up the entire storyline which has some great connections to Rogue One you know the whole suiting up and the suiting down and you can get a picture a digital picture as well that's awesome yeah that's really really cool so we did that and then uh, Disney Store has their fan Thursdays which they're doing every Thursday and they do a little trivia night uh, they show exclusive video footage on the making of some of the solo toys and then the trivia questions every correct answer gets you a special solo coin so that was fun. We, we met up with some of our 501st uh, members. We did that and got these really cool coins. And then we took a picture with Chewbacca on the TV screen. And it, it's a lot of fun. So they're doing it again this upcoming Thursday. If you don't have tickets for Solo that Thursday, go check out your Disney store and, and answer some really fun trivia questions and go home with the coin. Nice. That's very that cool. Also, what about you, Josh? That's really cool. <clears throat> um, you know, not much. Just reading a little. Like, uh, just reading some comics. I, re- I finally read Lando, which I've had for, God, ever. The comic book Lando, mm-hmm. um, which is, it's like a four-issue miniseries, and I think it takes place before Empire, because um, Lobot actually speaks in it. Oh. Uh, and there, I guess there's something that happens. It's a, Lobot's that bald dude in Empire who doesn't say anything, and he's got the computer head thing. But he gets stuff done. He's yeah, like he gets the right-hand done. man. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he talks in it, so I think uh, I think something happens at some point, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. But uh, so I read that, and that was pretty fun. Um, it has a whole like a whole plot about like stealing one of Sidious's ships, and it has a bunch of Sith artifacts on it and stuff, and then they get hunted down by some stuff, and it's cool. It was fun. Um, and then. I actually read my first issue of Star Wars Adventures, which, for those of you that don't know, is it's more of like a kid-leaning comic book series that's published by IDW and not Marvel. So it's it's like soft canon Mm -hmm. in a way. It's not like, you know, totally canon, but it it can be. Um, And it was actually really fun. I read the one that I got from Free Comic Book Day, which was Han and Chewie. And then I found out that there is an issue which I have to get a hold of. And actually, it's very apt for our episode today. But there's an issue about a Jawa who becomes friends with a gonk droid. <laughs> and I was like, yep, got to find that. Got to <laughs> gotta get that any way I can because that sounds amazing. So, so that was pretty fun. That's honestly about it. Um, and then just taking all of my toys to my new job. So, like... That's always that, the f- best part about getting a new job, decorating your area with yes. your yes. stuff. There's just Absolutely. Area. Yeah. And yeah. obviously we're all getting pumped for Solo, though I will yes. say I have not read any reviews and uh, I kind of don't want to know. So okay. I won't say anything. I have read a few. Yeah, there's literally nothing you could say. Like, like even like your silence there <laughs> is telling to me. And I don't know. <laughs> I just am so nervous. I'm so nervous to go oh. in with any preconceived notions about it because I just want to be able to have my own fun. But I'm just nervous right. that if I, I see something, it's going to 
I don't know. Yeah, but just, I'm excited nonetheless. Just a few more days. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's so close. Like, I, I feel like this upcoming week has nothing going on, but it has, like, everything going on. <laughs> which is weird uh yeah there's solo i'm going to a bachelor party and some other things and oh goodness gracious busy so but i'm very excited thursday night i'm gonna go see Woo. it which we need to talk about when we want to do our review episode as well um friday morning 1201 a.m nope <laughs> 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 nope not that <laughs> Uh, I can't any, wait though. I've, we're so spoiled getting Star Wars movies so close to one know, another now. I know it's great. It's gonna be fun. And there's some okay. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, anyway, we have a nice topic of the show. Nice light, fun one. But before we get into that, Becky actually has brought some audio that she did with her and her sister from Disney World. So let's get into that really quick, and then we'll get right into our topic of the show. This is Rebecca June Lane recording live from Disney Hollywood Studios with my sister and special guest Jessica Lane. Hi Jessica. Hi everyone. We just experienced a full Disney day of Star Wars magic and if this is what it's like in 2018 I cannot even imagine what it's going to be like in 2019 once Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge is open. But we got to meet Kylo Ren. We got to meet BB-8, we got to meet Chewbacca, we got to see an awesome video retrospective. We didn't even see both the videos that they had that you could go view. Um, we did Star Tours again. You hadn't done Star Tours since the OG Star Tours, right? No, I hadn't done it with uh, new pilots and new lands. It was very, very cool. It was cool. Super cool. And I, yeah, the two I saw, we did Coruscant and Kashyyyk today, which you noted Kashyyyk kind of reminded you of Pandora, didn't it? It did, <laughs> after having just done the the flights of passage which you know not a star wars ride but definitely recommend um but yeah no everything is star wars out here we oh yeah and then the there was the march of the first order and you had a very special encounter didn't you yes i had a stormtrooper two stormtroopers get right up in my face very very into my personal space <laughs> well th this is a good tip we actually ask a cast member uh, one of the helpful Disney people where to stand if you come and do the Galactic March because she put us in the exact place where Phasma stops and the troops come and look for rebel scum and they really thought that you were <laughs> apparently I look very suspicious <laughs> um, so that was awesome and they do that march and then there's a little show uh, where everybody kind of just walks out and stands and poses. You had Darth Maul, Darth Vader, R2-D2, and C-3PO, which is really fun because we saw C-3PO when he was prepping to go on stage because they do the show like every hour. And he gave me a lot of little waves. And I don't know, I've never seen R2-D2 and C-3PO in person. I bet a lot of people go to conventions and stuff. I've gotten to see them before, but I don't know, having C-3PO wave to me was <laughs> a pretty amazing experience. Um, what else did we experience Star Wars wise? Well, what we just experienced. Oh. And what else did we experience? Well, we just experienced probably one of the most amazing fireworks 
finales I've ever seen in Disney, my Disney experiences. Yes, the Galactic Spectacular. Yes, which it is, lived up to its name. <laughs> it did. It was quite spectacular. Uh, it was projected, and they they've refined their projection techniques here at Disney because we saw an amazing project, two amazing production shows at Magic Kingdom yesterday. But they did a whole Star Wars themed projection extravaganza with matching fireworks and lights and it was just a really immersive experience like being up decently close but not too close that you can't get the whole because they project different images across the Manch Chinese Theater and then the sides of it so you really just get lots happening at once and you know they go through all the different movies they show the dark side the light side and you know green fireworks going up for the good guys and dark evil red fireworks popping for the bad guys my favorite part was actually Darth Sidious when he was doing his force power and then everything was crackling was electric and they had the crackly fireworks with it yeah I liked the end where they went through each movie in the order chronological order yes. not movie order right and it was art instead of um, moving pictures. Movies, pictures. Yeah. Yes, it was it was really beautiful. It was a very beautiful tribute. And speaking of artwork, what I really liked it was in Launch Bay, which is where we met the characters. Um, they had a lot of original concept out, art out there, Ralph McQuarrie artwork, um, and then some of the other original artwork, which I took some pictures of, which I'll post on our Facebook and our Twitter. Um, but our interactions with the characters at Launch Bay were pretty fun, too. I, I did not expect to get so excited about hugging Chewbacca. He was very nice, and we showed him your shirt. I have a cool uh, Han and Leia kiss shirt uh, based off of the famous painting, The Kiss, um, and it got some appreciation. And then Kylo Ren's meet and greet, they make it, was it very scary. Yeah, they like pump up the intimidation factor. He kind of just, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it, it's, if you don't think you'll be intimidated knowing that it's a an actor in a mask, you will be. It's more intimidating than I was getting like butterflies in my stomach like before we were about to meet him. And then you get in there and the music and the room and his then voice. you see him and it's very, very real. Yeah, he's and and I think what probably made you more nervous is I kept saying I was gonna troll him by yes. like calling out like, oh how you know, how's your father doing? Or but I was actually too scared <laughs> to say anything. I did not want us to get in trouble. <laughs> but I did I did give him a see you later, Ben, when I was walking out and he gave me like a tilt of the head that was very menacing. But I think overall Aside from the fact that the combination of Disney magic and Star Wars magic is just so exciting, and I think the best part is seeing the kids, especially the little girls, all decked out in their Star Wars outfits. We saw a little four-year-old girl get asked who her favorite character was, and she just screamed, Darth Vader, which is just amazing. And um, she had a sister there, and they were in matching outfits. Yes. And it was serious sister love, which we appreciate. <laughs> we have been celebrating sister love um, this whole time, and it was great. It's great seeing all these little girls in costumes. We saw a couple sisters in Ray outfits, and I don't know. It's just very exciting, and and I'm just so thrilled that Disney has taken Star Wars and just really given back to the fans with with what with what they have. And I cannot wait to see Galaxy's Edge. Because if this is what they do with just, you know, not a dedicated area of the park, I can't even imagine. It's going to be unreal. It's going to be great. We'll be back <laughs> next year. We will. All right, guys. Bye-bye.
Once again, listeners, this is Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you're from the class of 77 or Rogue One was your very first Star Wars movie, and I said Rogue One. I meant The Last Jedi. But I guess maybe I should say or Solo go- now, huh? Rogue One's a good two movie. Yeah. Or if Solo is your first Star Wars movie, <laughs> you're welcome here. And now on to the show. So, this week in honor of Solo coming out on Thursday and Friday, depending where you are, we wanted to do kind of a fun topic this week, and so we're going to be talking about the best friendships in Star Wars lore. So, the ones ones that uh, are iconic, the ones that warm your heart, you know, those... The ones that creep you out. The ones that creep you out, maybe. Um, the ones that go too far. No. <laughs> Saw Guerrera and the Borgullet, you know. <laughs> well, it's, <sighs> friendship is like so central to Star Wars, obviously. Yes. Um, I mean, the first trilogy is basically like pal around good times. Like that's all it is. It's these three friends saving the universe. And Chewie, four, and then and and the droids. We're all of it together. But Six. it's all about all friendship. Friends. But, you know, the central drama of the second film, obviously, is about, you know, whether or not Luke should have these friendships that he is so emotionally attached to and whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... I remember when I was young thinking it was kind of silly, the idea that he would ignore Yoda, ignore Ghost Ben, being like, don't do this, Luke. Like, they're gonna, it's, it's, <laughs> it's obviously a trap. But the friendship was too strong. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's really, I mean, that's, uh, when I think of friendship in Star Wars, my mind immediately goes to the, to the original three friends and really the shot right after they blow up the Death Star for the first time before anybody cares about R2-D2 too much. And they're like, oh, he'll be fine. And, you know, he'll live. They, but they put their arms around each other and just kind of skip off into the distance. That's where my mind immediately goes when I hear friendship in Star Wars. Yeah. I, uh, actually, Alex, what do you when you think of friendship in Star Wars? Who? Yeah. Who is the first? Uh, what's the first thing you think of? It's a good question. That is a good question. It's kind of you guys put me on the spot. I mean, I think the first two, the first people that I think of, which are not even people, is C three PO and R two D two. Yes. Because of just, I mean, you, you, there's Han Solo and Chewbacca. You have the friendship between, I guess you can even say Luke and Leia have their own, aside from them being related, they have a friendship built there. Yeah. But I mean, you, right. Ahsoka and Anakin, but R2-D2 and C-3PO from the very beginning were introduced to us as this little duo. And you see, and you listen to their banter in The New Hope. You know, we should go this way. No, it's much too rocky. We should go this way. And even there, you had this little little quabble between friends. Yeah, even through all that stuff, they stay together. I mean, they may have been forced to stay together, but they're still together and they have that relationship. I mean, that's, that was kind of going to be my question is, are they friends? <laughs> like, sometimes well, they seem to dislike each other, but then definitely by the most recent film, I rewatched uh, Last Jedi again, both on the plane down to Disney and on the plane back. I'm a crazy person. <laughs> but I think C-3PO mentions R2 and says something like, you know, my good friend or my little buddy or something. So they yeah. clearly have become friends over the 60 years they've known each other. Or yeah. well, happy, but You see it at the end of A New Hope as well when R2-D2 is damaged during you know the, the trench oh, run. Yeah. C-3PO is offering his own parts. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'd be, I'd be happy to give something up if it'll help yeah. fix him. 
It's come a long way from smacking him in the middle of Tatooine and calling right. him a bucket of grease. It's been a, it's been a good three <laughs> weeks. So, does and just to clarify their relationship, was C three PO's memory wiped after the Clone Wars? Uh, C three PO, yes. He it, they refer to it in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Right. Uh, Bail Organa has, I think, Antilles wipe him. C three PO though. No, I'm sorry. C three PO has his mind wiped. R2-D2 does not have his his anything wiped. Yeah. So they kind of, it's weird because R2-D2 has this whole knowledge of their history that C-3PO doesn't have. That's kind of yeah, interesting. That's weird. I never thought about that. Before. Well, at the end of episode 9, we'll find out that all the Star Wars movies are just a really long book that R2-D2 has been writing this whole time. <laughs> Called the Journal of the Wills. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in beeps, though. It's all beep, beep, boop, boop. Yeah. So. It's all it's a, uh, binary. It's all, but, oh, that'd be perfect. But you're right. That is like the OG first two, and their banter is great. What about you, Josh? Who's What is, you know, when you think of friendship I, in Star Wars? I, I probably think of Han and Chewie. Yeah. Weirdly. Uh, just because it's, it's, it's a bond as old as time. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, there's a lot of other friendships I think about. But, yeah, if we're thinking about, talking about, like, the fairy first thing I, I it's probably the first one i think of um yeah but i also like i yeah like you were bringing up with luke and stuff i do think about luke and all his friends and the way he felt about them and stuff and and right that's all cool and then i sometimes think about and it wouldn't be an episode of the show without it lost stars because uh. before oh, yeah. they before they were lovers they were friends <laughs> that's true <laughs> there you go that's true uh, i th- go yeah. ahead Oh, no, I was done. I was just going to say, Han and Chewie, you guys might know more about this than me. Are we going to see the meeting in Solo, or are we already going to... I think so. Yeah? I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to keep away from too much of that, but we'll we'll find out in about four days. Right. Yeah. So we'll see the origin of their bond, because I think the fun thing, obviously, we don't know what Chewie is saying. But and we kind of just have to infer it from Han. But some of my favorite moments is when Han like is yelling at Chewbacca because I just it's just I don't know. There's just such a funny dynamic there because um, of course we don't know what Chewbacca's yelling back. Um, but obviously they're buddies in Legends. I mean they both times there's a tragic end to their friendship in Legends. It's Chewie who dies, correct? And then yeah. yeah, he gets a planet dropped on him. Wait, what? It was a moon. It's yeah. a. It was a. Uh, yeah, it was Actual a big moon? rock. That's an <laughs> aggressive way to go out. Yeah, yeah, it's very. It was Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my favorite canon moments, though. I mean, obviously, I don't love when Han Solo dies, but I like that the one really good wound comes from Chewie right away. Like. Uh-huh. Um, with his bowcaster thing, he immediately does that wound that Kylo Ren's hitting in his side, like, you know, and he screams. But I like that Chewie gets a little bit of revenge in that moment. I, that's a testament to their to their bond. But yeah, no, I, I think also when you think about Han, though, it raises a lot of questions about Han and Lando because there's this implied friendship. But then do friends really sell their friends out to Darth Vader? Can they still be friends, friends after that? Friends are always that? messing with each other. <laughs> well, you know, freezing each other in carbonite. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, to be <laughs> fair, they, they were smugglers. never the most. Yeah, they were never the most. You know, ideal citizens. It was always you know self-preservation type deal. I think yeah. once you start seeing what how big the stakes are, is when they start realizing, okay, this isn't exactly what I was hoping for, and I got to get out of this. Yeah. That's rough, though. Like selling out to the empire—that's literally the worst thing you could do. Yeah. They do have a very unique friendship, mm-hmm. right? Where they go back and forth between, and I'm going to be interested to see how they play with that in uh, this movie. But he also yeah. like aggressively flirts with Leia, who's Han's girl oh, at yeah. the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, even uh, even um, even in the book I'm reading, Last Shot, like that's like a joke now, but still between them. He's still like, oh, you're most beautiful, and she's just like, uh, like whatever. Like, <laughs> she's like, she's at this point where it's just like, that's just Lando, you know? Yeah. Just like brushes him off or whatever, but uh, but yeah. Han's always like, hey, like cut that out. <laughs> Don't talk about my old lady, <laughs> whatever. But she's like, whatever. He's yeah, there's just, just there's clearly himself. a little bit of contention because, like, obviously the ship changes hands, and there's like, oh yeah sarcasm and when and when han lands on on in cloud city he seems a little he's not sure if he's going to be greeted as a friend um but you know in the end of the day lando does be, be, become a hero so you know yeah. they're both good guys i suppose because obviously i mean han was putting himself before his friends until he had a last moment change of heart at the end of new hope but yeah so i feel like that covers like the original trilogy pretty well for sure. It wouldn't be a friend episode if we didn't talk about uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. It had, to, it had to happen. It had to happen. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the Man, their friendship. They were brothers. They had some, brother it has some ups and downs. I think yes, they did. Safely say that. Yeah. Well... It kind of brings into this question, and it's something that I think the current series is discussing as well, is, like, when it comes to Jedi, are these attachments good or bad? Like, should Padawans and Masters be best buddies? And I think the Obi-Wan-Anakin thing says no. (laughs) But, you know, I think Luke, you know, proves that friends can make you stronger. So it's curious where we're going to land on that at the end of the next series. But yeah, no, I th- definitely think it was their friendship was one of the things that drove Anakin the most crazy, not having that clear defined line. Um, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, you sort of see a little bit of that too with Ahsoka and Anakin. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. also get a little too close as friends, not like romantically, obviously, but they're still like, pretty much like walking over that line you know totally yeah well i mean you know she watches anakin question obi-wan's authority and then she feels entitled to question his authority and it's just totally not how that relationship should be happening um but you know at the same time you know we see in clone wars that their friendship and them caring for each other gets them out of situations i think luminara i was recently watching some some episodes and Luminara was commenting on how unusual their relationship was Anakin and Ahsoka and hers with her Padawan obviously is much more professional and distant um Mm -hmm. so it is an interesting contrast yeah um and then we have 
the friendship to end all friendships. The bromance of the ages. Oh, Finn I got this one. Finn oh, and Poe? Uh-uh. Poe Dameron and BB-8. Uh-huh. Oh, that's <laughs> you. You can't, you can't skip over BB-8 and Poe. <laughs> I mean, I those two, not. it's like, you know, it's like a little puppy dog. It, it is. It's, it's really cute. <laughs> and I love how, how much they love each other and when they see each other. But, like, yeah. same with Finn and Poe. Poe is equally excited to see both of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> but they have the, such an immediate, like, rapport. Yeah, uh, Finn and Poe. each other, yeah. It's like, yeah. That interaction in the, in the TIE fighter when he's yeah. like, what's your name? And he's like, that's not a name. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. Soup, soup stoop's cute. Yeah. <laughs> but... Also, the, the human and your flight droid relationship, friendship, is an interesting one as well. Because obviously, you know, Anakin loved R2. And then, you know, his son grew up to love R2 as well, which is so weird. Um, but, yeah. you know, right? Like, they both, like, R2 had close friendships with both of those people. Right. Um, it could be because they relied heavily on these droids to, you know, not only are they assisting with piloting your ship if you're in a war this is your co-pilot this is the thing that's helping you stay alive anakin totally. had r2 during the clone wars luke had him during the original trilogy and right. at this point we're seeing the same thing where bba and poe were together during this whole you know confrontation between the resistance and the first order and you can say the same thing that it's kind of the same with han solo and chewy whereas yeah there's friendship but they rely on each other for more than just the friendship there's like a, a, a life bond like you help me stay alive i'll help you stay alive totally and a trust that forms there like going back to clone wars there's an episode where like r2 gets left behind and anakin sacrifices and risks everything to go back and get his droid and even obi-wan's like dude let it go but you know anakin yeah. can't, can't let anything go but no. um <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a good point to mention that it is wartime throughout you know star wars it is the wars of the stars and that creates these these really intense bonds i think i would also put um i'll say chopper and specifically hera together in that it's almost specifically because of the moment after uh after oh, i don't know if i want to spoil this close to the moment after something sad happens like <laughs> chopper like goes to hera and they like hold hands and it's really Aww. really sweet um yeah but it, is. it really is. Rebels, Rebels, the show itself is pretty much a show about friendship. Yeah. What's that? What's that saying from Fast and the Furious? Like we, we're not friends. With, I don't got friends. I got family. Whatever it's it is. Like, you got you got to stand a deep, you know, raspy voice. <laughs> and then at the same time, you have to have like a car engine revving up real loud so we can't hear you. <laughs> we <all> got friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Oh my god. <laughs> it's really funny. Can I bring in one, one more friendship that we yeah, didn't mention that's not as big as these other ones? Um, one that, that actually is really great because StarWars.com has a, a great article called Six of the Best Friendships in Star Wars. Oh. And number six, here I'll send you guys a link to this real quick. Uh, number six is Ahsoka and Rex. Oh. Which yeah. is really cool because you do see them have a, you know, a working relationship and, and you know, learning from each other during the Clone Wars. And then you get into Rebels. And that relationship is reignited, and you see them working yeah. together again. That's mm-hmm. cool. And again, one of those that spans time, and so mm-hmm. there's this level of understanding forged in battle. Yes. Um, 
you know, through these crazy experiences they've gone through. I love that they brought Rex back for yes, Rebels. I do too. That way, well, when I saw him, I was like, oh man. Although, you know what's funny is uh, Star Wars Card Trader spoiled that for me because I had not seen season two yet. Oh, and no. then uh, and then I saw I saw I got a Rex card and went oh I guess he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the real 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 quick tangent. Do you still have that app? No. All right, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna try to trade it for all your cards. I mean, if I <laughs> can get in and get all my cards, I'll give them to you. I don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no that's, emotional attachment to that's them. the one game that's not even a game that i still play yeah <laughs> it's a collector back, funny back to the friends thing just real quick yeah. uh obviously clone wars there's little moral like uh quotes that they put before each episode kind of thematic and there are a couple about friends but there's one that i like saying you hold on to friends by keeping your heart a little softer than your head um hmm. And I like that. I do too. That's There's nice. just something nice about that, right? Yeah. Something um, very nice about this. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. <laughs> um, but then one really good question that I found online about friendship in Star Wars. Could friendship be considered something that divides good from evil in Star Wars? Do any of the villains have friends? <clears throat> huh. Uh, No. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, when you're—I t- think when you're talking about dark side stuff, I don't know, because like well, Palpatine I, does call Vader like he's always like my friend, like we will do this, you know. Like I think yes, Palpatine the- does kind of see him on some level as a friend, which you could argue was sort of one of Palpatine's weaknesses, in a way. Hmm. I, I do think I think it is really hard, like you're saying, to differentiate, especially with with the dark side. But I think if you look at the bounty hunters, you do see some friendships. Like if you there's oh yeah, uh, Bosk and Aura Singh, you see them teaching young Boba the ropes, and you can tell that there's a friendship or at least a mutual trust between the two of those. Yeah, uh, not necessarily with Dengar because it doesn't seem like they've ever liked Dengar. But <laughs> who does? Am I right? Right, and he's got toilet paper wrapping around his head. But there, Dengar there is, is that random. For those of you that don't know, Dengar is that random like white dude with the turban who's always in like the background of stuff. Yeah, his armor is like pieced together, like stormtrooper, snowtrooper. It's all brown. He's kind of looks like a mummy for yes. some reason. Yes. Um, but that's a good point about bounty hunters for sure. I also just thought of Darth Maul and his brother, or who he calls brother. Um, oh, Savage Opress. Yes. Yeah. Um, they clearly care for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, villains for sure. Um, so I'd say that's maybe the best example of, of outward caring from one villain to another. Um, but, you know, I think what something that defines the Sith themselves, like we've talked about, is that they always want to destroy their master. <laughs> so it's not really a, a breeding background for besties. Um, <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean... There are people in the Empire who obviously have friends, because not everyone in the Empire is evil. Tag and Bink. <laughs> yes, Tag and Bink. <laughs> Although they were they were rebels at first, right? Uh, I think like in the random weird part, they were like Padawans at some point. <laughs> they, yeah, they were also Padawans. Like they were they were everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh I, my goodness. 
I think something you were saying about trust is, is, is a reason why. And I think, I think the first trilogy and Rebels, I think those two uh, things are very much about friendship. And I think the new trilogy is a lot about friendship as well. Um, but this idea that, you know, Han chooses to go back and, and when he doesn't have to, to help Luke out in that moment. That's a choice that's not putting his best interest first. And that kind of individualism and putting other people before you is just not ideals you see from the dark side. Those completely go against it. Like doing mm-hmm. something that's not for yourself. And that kind of defines friendship, these choices to put someone else before you. Um, and so I think that's why it's something that... But it's interesting that the Jedi would somehow discourage that, you know? Because I yeah. feel like it, it's a good dividing line between them and, you know, the Sith. Like, Well, and it's interesting, too, because it's, it's the fact that the Jedi don't necessarily have friendships with their Padawans, but they can have friendships outside. Like, yeah, they're like friends with other masters. Like, and well, I was, was going to tell you, what's the name of the, the guy who owns a diner? That Obi Wan goes to Dexter Jester, the, the Italian, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dex like or something, yeah. yeah. He's friends with him, and then you also see the evolution of the friendship between Obi Wan and uh, Hondo Anaka. Yeah, you see a trust build, like from the very beginning. You know, they're, they're shady dealings, but they start to trust each other as time goes on, and then you see Hondo and Ezra kind of start building a friendship too. Yeah, so totally. there, there is the ability for the Jedi to have friends. It's just discouraged for them to have friends within the Order. Which is interesting. It is interesting. And I, I feel like that's one of the things that would change going forward if, if we have a new... Because in my mind, that's where the series should go. Like, there's got to be a way to use the Force for good that isn't the strict intensity of the Jedi Order. Sure. Um, but real quick, I wanted to mention... Um, and for some reason, I can't think of his name because it's very late. Um, but Zeb and, you know, the... the Blonde, hot, for a cartoon. Callous. Yes. Um, <laughs> their friendship, I think, was really interesting. And, and it, they were clearly enemies. And then they spent a bunch of time together. And then I think they really became friends before Callous, like, I don't know. I, I found that, like, a really interesting pairing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, and that whole episode where they're stuck in the ice cave together... He's really good. And then by the end, you were like, man, there's no way he's staying right in the, in there. Like he's getting out. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. He's yeah. too, he's too cute to be a bad guy. Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. He but. has some of the most amazing chops I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, real world or cartoons. Yeah. He was on the cover of mutton chops monthly, like four times. <laughs> I only have two of those issues. So I got to find the other two. <laughs> we'll get those back issues. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then I guess probably wrapping up all of that, um, we have to talk about Ray because I think that she's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, th- I think it's Ray and uh, Kylo. Yeah. Because while That's they're not necessarily thing. a friendship, you know, they, they yeah. kind of moved toward that in The Last Jedi, but of course, it, you know, it went downhill. Um, but there was I a mean, trust being kind of made there. He kills his master to save her life. Like, that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, though, I guess, pretty Sithy. But still, yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious to see where their relationship go- goes, because 
I would love for it to, gosh, I just don't see him not dying, though. I think he just has to die. But I don't know. Maybe she could turn him all the way back. We'll Maybe. see. <laughs> I could turn I was him. mainly thinking of her relationship with um, Finn. Yeah. Which I think is, is interesting. Because it, <laughs> it, it's, it always kind of seemed like um, that, that classic, like, well, they won't they? And they right. just, they probably aren't now, because because she doesn't seem interested at all. In, no, in romantically, uh, and he did until probably the end of Last Jedi, and uh, but they're still really good friends. Like obviously, they still really care about each other. Yeah, I liked the touches they did. I I, I think it's a really interesting. Uh, evolution from these past two movies just yeah he clearly was the guy chasing the girl and the girl clearly had bigger things on her mind but i i like that you know they had the inclusion of ray watching finn cover rose um once they're on the ship at the end of the film and like kind of acknowledge like okay so that's happening now um it's an interesting little dynamic you know, it's kind of similar, I guess, to Luke and Leia without the brother-sister aspect where you thought it was going one way, but no, it's just going to turn out to be a friendship. And I, I'm, I'm really happy that they're not weighing Rey down with any romance. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's a perfect vessel to show, like, the beating heart of Jedi and how their friendship and open-mindedness can, you know, keep a revolution going. It's pretty cool. I think at this point, I, the story's not even about love. It's not even, there's no room for a right. love interest in this. It's, this is the fate of the galaxy again. Right. Like, you can't really put it on hold for, hey, you know, we'll go on a date. It's more like, hey, everyone's dying. <laughs> Let's figure something out. Yeah. I, and, and I think when you look at the rebellion or the resistance, you know, you think what bonds these people together? You know, what makes them trust each other? You know, why are they sacrificing each each other you know themselves for each other and obviously that's that's a friendship that's a very strong bond when you decide to take on the universe together yeah all right any last friendships that uh anyone can think of i'm sure there's tons that we're not thinking of yeah i'm sure i i'm having trouble thinking i feel like we touched on all the really iconic ones though i I said saw guerrera and borgullet right you did. Okay, just to make sure that that's in there. <laughs> the friendship for all time. Yeah. All right. Well, if that's it, we can get into our news segment. Let's do it. Sweet. I have good news for you, my lord. All right. So we've got a couple news stories here. There's one really big one, and then a couple just kind of small ones that we can discuss. Um, and this one's been going around. There's been a lot of just like weird movie rumors that aren't even really rumors going on over the last week that I'm, that are just like, oh my god. But the uh, Obi Wan movie rumors just never seem to die. <laughs> and uh, also, that someone leaked like the synopsis for the movie but it was just the description of that that comic book that they put in i was gonna say it sounded just like that storyline yeah it's because it is it is right okay i was gonna (laughs) say like wait a second this sounds super familiar no they literally took the um for those that don't know there was a there was a series like a four issue mini series that they did in 
Star Wars, like in the mainline Star Wars comics, that they would put at the end of the of the main story, and then they collected it all in one of the volumes that I can't remember. It's either like three or four. I think it's four. Something like that. Yeah, they collected all four, and it's like Obi Wan on Tatooine, watching over Luke, like all that stuff. And there's a synopsis for that on Amazon, and someone literally copy pasted that and was like, "This is the Obi Wan movie." And then all these websites like wrote articles about how the Obi Wan movie's coming when it was. Oh like, goodness Dude. gracious! Yeah, it was. It was. People don't do research anymore. Really annoying. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna read this from TMZ. So take this with a huge grain of salt. Yeah, like a brick uh, of salt. <laughs> a whole salt lick. <laughs> we should <laughs> we should have a salt lick uh, a sound effect for when. Oh, you have to take something with a grain of salt. It's the guy licking scare. Uh, licking. Uh, what do you call it? What was the name of the planet on um, Last Jedi? That's amazing. It's uh, salt. Crate. Crate. Yeah. Yes. Just have that sound bit right there. <laughs> it's salt. We're doing that now. <laughs> I'm making this a reality. All right. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Star Wars standalone. Obi-Wan movie near... And then in all caps, near immediate New Hope prequel. Um, I'll just read what it says. The next movie in the Star Wars story franchise will feature Obi-Wan Kenobi but it's not an origin story. According to a newly released production bulletin attained by, obtained by TMZ, Disney's next foray into their spin-off series appears to be called Obi-Wan, a Star Wars story with a working title of Joshua Tree. Uh, Return of the Jedi also used a codename Blue Harvest. Okay, we all know that. All right, whatever. <laughs> I don't know why the... The synopsis reads as follows, which, again, this might... I, I think this is actually the uh, comic book one, so... Again... Yeah, it is giant grains of salt unless they're adapting that comic book which i actually argued would would be cool but hang on what oh my god all right <laughs> she got to the trash yeah ah so good dog anyway the synopsis reads as follows obi-wan is on tatooine being an elusive hermit and stuff what <laughs> That's what this says. It does. All right. But secretly washes over an infant Luke Skywalker, whom he delivered to his uncle Owen. Wait. <laughs> this is written horribly. T- tensions between the local farmers and a tribe of sand people headed by a ruthless war chief eventually brings Obi out, out of hiding? Why is it written like this? Keep going. It's literally out wait, of. Wait, wait, wait. You got to read the last sentence. And into Jedi kick-ass mode. Ugh. Scene. Which is I this hate is, this. This is TMZ again. I was going to say, it's, it's TMZ. TMZ. Oh, my God. Why did you send me this? Because I hate this. <laughs> I thought it would be the most fun. It's the most fun version of this report. It's This report kind of started going around after uh, the red carpet for Solo. Uh, like, literally the next day, all these things kind of popped up again. But uh, this so is my favorite summary. So what truth is there to any of this? Like, is this movie happening? Uh... I, I don't know. Last time I heard it, it was in consideration. And that yeah, was there's from so like many a... rumors, and it's like Ewan McGregor said he would do it. Yeah. But it's like, man, I just... Until Lucasfilm puts something yeah. out, we don't know. I mean, the right. thing with Hollywood is there's so many trade publications that claim to have the inside scoop, and it's just hearsay. It's someone heard from someone who heard from someone who was working on a set piece for a Marvel movie. Right. Like there's, there's never, unless you hear from the horse's mouth, we won't know. 
Yeah. All right, it, well. It is what it is. But I wouldn't I'll mind. I'll keep hoping. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I'd love a, an Obi-Wan Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind either, but it is like. I really want to see you McGregor as, as Obi-Wan again. Like, really same. bad. And I think it'd have to be him. No, it'd have to be it'd him. It'd have to be him. It's too good. Why wouldn't you? He'd do it. It's just too good. Too good. I need it. And he has yeah. that beard. And the beard. hair. And the hair. And the face. Yeah. And the McGregorness. <laughs> Oh, it's me, McGregor. That's the sound he makes when he talks. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it's like uncanny, am I right? He was in the room uh, with us. Oh boy. Fingers crossed. We hope that one day it it does happen. Yes. Yeah. True. True. I also wouldn't mind seeing it as like an animated thing. Yeah. I think where that'd be cool. he just did the voice. Yeah. But, I could get down with know. that. Our fur daughter. Him and James Arnold Taylor can fight for the Obi-Wan voice. <laughs> That'd be fun. Or they just, they both do it at the same time and they blend their voices oh. together perfectly. All right, going off the rails. <laughs> Solo stars and director get standing ovation at Kane's. Can. Uh, Cans? Is that a can? Can. I've Con- never heard that word said out loud. Con- Goodness gracious. Con- what did you say? Canes? Canes? That's what oh, I thought. Oh, boy, Josh. I've only ever read that word. I, I thought it was Canes, too. It's oh, okay. my goodness See, gracious, boys. You're the... <laughs> I'm sorry. Can? I've only ever been to, like, California, Hawaii, and Mexico. I don't know how to pronounce it. You've never heard someone words. say the Cannes Film Festival? You've nope. Never... All right. All right. <laughs> never. We're uncultured. I'm sorry. All right. Continue. <laughs> sorry. The, the Caness Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> uh... It got a four-minute standing ovation of applause following its screening. Um, some new footage shows uh, director Ron Howard, along with stars Alden Ehrenreich, Amelia Clark, Donald Glover, and Paul Bettany graciously receiving this applause. There was some really funny uh, article, and I can't remember what outlet wrote it, but they said that like uh, the film received a tepid response. <laughs> And then the f- the opening line was about how it got a four minute standing ovation, well, and everyone that's, that's on Twitter tepid. was like, "What are you talking about?" Well, I will say this: Can is famous for really weird reactions. Um, there have been movies like Taxi Driver was booed really aggressively. Great oh, movies on. have been booed, and awful movies have been given twenty minute standing ovations so it's very much a weird random thing i mean you can you can assume that people clap when they like something but the can audience is aggressive and it's not always a good indication of whether one is going to like the film um but but, hey you probably know this more better than us since we didn't even know how to pronounce the name what kind of an (laughs) audience do you find at this kind of of, uh film festival Okay, well, I don't know as much about that. Like, I think you're, like I said, it's a weird bunch of people. You'll get some people, like, walking out of films. Like, there was a, uh, Lars von Trier um, premiered another film uh, this time at Cannes, and people were aggressively walking out at the same time that people were giving a standing ovation. So it's really impossible. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of industry people, Mm -hmm. like, mostly all inside industry people but i'm not sure what the actual like local flavor is like the judges and stuff like that um i'd have to do more research into that but it's exciting if if, if it wasn't booed i say that that's a really good sign <laughs> that's true. I don't think it was so good to that's know cool. um where is our next 
New story. Here it is. Collection of new solo Sabak posters. So we we all did this. Uh, Becky, actually, did you do this thing on Twitter? I did. Game? Yeah, this it was, was a lot of cool. fun. So I lost. You lost? <laughs> yeah. I just kept get, having them give me cards. I was like, eventually something's <laughs> going to happen. And then I won. Uh, so uh, you can actually, um, if you go to the Star Wars Twitter, it might be the pinned tweet right now. Um, I also retweeted it from our official account. So awesome. you can go to ours. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so you can go there as well. Uh, you can play a game of Sabak through Twitter by picking um, which subtweets to go to and stuff, and it's it's pretty cool. And for those that aren't aware, Sabak is like that is a card game. It's it's sort of like reverse blackjack. Yeah. Weirdly, where you're trying to get as close to zero uh, without getting higher numbers and stuff. So. Uh, and it was it was cool, and then you get these cool posters, um, like art. Which I mean, you can go look them up now. Obviously, like it's not like, you know, you know what I mean. Like you can't, you can just find them online. But yeah. they're really cool. They uh, are cool. It's worth playing the little game. the The game is fun. Yeah, the I game haven't is seen fun. marketing like that. I, I know it's existed. I'm sure Solo's not the first one to use that, but I hadn't seen it before, and I thought it was very clever. Yeah, I'd never seen it before either. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it made me want a physical Sabak deck. Yeah. I believe they're making one. It should be Are coming they? out. Yeah, I want to say, or uh, was it? I think Target or Walmart's going to be selling them in the next month. I... I'd say Toys R Us, but. Oh, oh don't say that. I don't. Wah, wah. But I'm pretty sure a physical <laughs> Sabak card game is being made if it's not already sold right now. Um,. You know where you can probably find it? HasbroToyShop.com might have it for sale, or uh, Milton Bradley. My guess is one of those two companies is making the game. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, we'll have to... Uh, I hope I hope that's real. <laughs> I actually kind of want that. All right. John Favreau reveals when his Star Wars show will be set. Scripts for half of season one completed. Uh, at the premiere of Solo, A Star Wars Story, John Favreau has revealed that there's already been a ton of progress on his live-action Star Wars television series for Disney's forthcoming streaming platform. In addition, he's also revealed the time period in which the show will be set. Nerdist reporter, Nerdist reporter Dan Casey managed to snag a quick conversation with John Favreau, confirming that not only does the series take place seven years after the Battle of Yavin, which is... Um, New Hope. Four, right? A New Hope? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. so it's like around Empire. It's like an Empire uh, time frame. Uh, and will not only feature a new cast of characters, but will also uh, feature CGI elements on par with his revolutionary digital work on The Jungle Book. Which was awesome visually. Like, really, mm. really cool. So I'm down with that. I know everyone's like, CGI Star Wars, boo, but Jungle Book looked awesome. So yeah. And on, unlike most of what you're seeing on screen in Star Wars is CGI anyway. It just looks really good now. Revenge yeah. of the <laughs> Sith, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Come on. Uh, they were originally misquoted as saying Battle of Endor, which put it af- you know, after Return of the Jedi, but then he later confirmed on Twitter that that was wrong. Uh, but uh, he was like, no, it's actually Yavin. So puts it in a totally different time frame. I'm really excited. I can't wait. I'm really excited too. Yeah. 
So. I mean, I have no doubt it's going to be amazing. Every TV show now is amazing. I don't know why my Star Wars TV show wouldn't be amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. I'm very excited. And I want to learn more about this Disney streaming service, man. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm I'm both mad and excited about a completely different streaming service. Uh, the CBS one. Mm-hmm. Because I found out they're rebooting Twilight Zone. And- oh, wow. Sorry about that. You're very excited about Twilight Zone. Uh, they're rebooting Twilight Zone, but it's only going to be on there. And I was like, man, am I going to have to sign up for this just to watch well, Twilight Zone? That's how I felt about Star Trek. And I was like, I don't want to spend $15 just to watch Star Trek. Like, I'm, I, yeah. I like Star Trek a lot. I'm not doing There's not enough Yeah, but now you CBS. can spend 15 bucks and watch Star Trek and Twilight Zone. And or then cancel when you're done. I can spend 15 bucks and get every single Disney movie and every single Star Wars movie. Like, yep. all, like they're yeah, saying that true. Disney price is going to be, uh, what is it called? Like, it's going to be in the same category as, as Hulu and Netflix. So you're looking right. at the 10 to $15 range, right. which I'm fine paying for that. There's enough Absolutely. within the Disney library, especially if they get 20th Century Fox. Like, bam. Like, I'm set. I, I need nothing else. Jeez. Do you think they're going to pull their ABC shows and make ABC folded into that? Because now ABC has its own app. Um, I don't know. Well, I know that for Hulu, a lot of the ABC, show, ABC shows that are there, um, like either got Modern Family and things like that, it's only the most recent season. So I could see right. the Disney app showing every season of Everything. Like, uh, Modern Family, yeah. like all that stuff and, and, yeah. and pulling it there. That'd be cool, because yeah. I watch a lot of ABC shows, so that would be cool. Yeah. I could probably lose Hulu eventually, but who knows? Yeah. I don't even have Hulu, so I'm doing all right. But <laughs> I also don't watch that much TV, so. I watch 48 active, currently airing, but maybe on hiatus TV shows. I just counted the other day. My God. Man, we watched 12. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch up. I watched two? I don't know. It's Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> family ah, <laughs> good times i do like all right shows. star wars galaxy's edge panel and other details revealed for galactic knights on may 27th ah. uh alex what is star wars galactic knights star wars galactic knights it's something that was started last year for star wars celebration pretty much how we had star wars night here at disneyland it's their version of it but it's larger mm. so they have a lot more panels a lot more special events they just released some uh, new things that are going to be for this the the week the day of the twenty uh, seventh, so it's going to be really cool because they're also doing this special little thing where if you go and you show that you had purchased a ticket to see Solo, you get an exclusive Solo a Star Wars story patch for free as a little memento for the event. But you're going to have Warwick Davis, you're going to have a story editor from Walt Disney Imagineering showing you the new land. I mean, it's fireworks, parades, food, merchandise. If you're in uh, Florida for that weekend, May 27th, I believe tickets are still are still on sale. You should go. Um, it's it's an amazing night. It's one thing that I wish I had been able to do while we were in Orlando for celebration. There there just wasn't a lot of time. Like yeah. we were pretty much booked. But if you're there now, by all means, go check it out. Yeah. So they they announced a bunch of. Um like more panel discussions and stuff. Do you know if they're going to actually show off more of Galaxy's Edge? Because I know that at Star Wars Night, they didn't show much. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you have, let's see, you have Scott Throwbridge, who is the Portfolio Creative Executive of WDI. You have the Creature Creator for WDI. 
you have uh, the executive producer. Mike, you're sure you're going to see some things, especially if you're going to have the managing story editor, Margaret uh, Kirsten there. They, they have to show a little bit more. I mean, what they showed over at uh, Star Wars Night in Disneyland was a little bit of just a recap of what we already knew. Just you know, a few more images and how things were developed. But um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they show, especially since we're, we're inching closer to the opening. And Disneyland will be opening first before Disney World. So I'd be curious to see which and if there will be any differences between the two lands. We were told that they were going to be pretty much the same. But the uh, the footprint might might be adjusted a bit, and we may get more of one thing, and they may get more of the well, something else. How, are they really going to be the same? Because I mean, I was you know the videos I was watching when I was in Launch Bay in Florida, like they're talking about how this expansion's like the biggest thing ever, and that just seems a lot to throw into Disneyland. If you look at the map for Disneyland, like an overhead shot, I'll post this on our Facebook at some point. It's a very very large expansion. You're looking at the expansion for Star War, for Galaxy's Edge. Pretty much imagine all of Toontown, it's a small world, Fantasyland Theater, that whole back area converted into Star Wars. Like it's a very, yeah. very big footprint. That's very exciting. There's going to be some adjustments exciting. in the ground plans, but it's, it's pretty much going to be the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'll also throw out real quick that uh, there's also a new land opening right next to Galaxy's Edge next year, but it's opening this year. There's a Toy Story land that's yes. opening now. It's, I think the first one opened in Paris. So they're bringing cool. it to the states now, which is it looks really cool being able to walk in and see all these giant toys. And... Well, I could see some of them from like peeking over because oh, they're nice. very large. Um, but there's like a new roller coaster, which looks pretty cool. So I'm excited. Anyway, nice. sorry, off topic. But... Real quick though, cause this is sort of on topic. So, which is kind of not. So uh, they're retheming <laughs> California Adventures, uh, the Paradise Pier, into the Pixar Pier. One thing that they're hmm. doing is the day before it opened to the public. They are doing an exclusive preview night. The tickets are $300 a person. So it's Ooh. literally to see the stuff the day before. Um, but I think you're given like fast pass priority to every single ride. You get a, a flyer that gets you a food offering from every single new food venue there. Cool. So I'm wondering, will <laughs> they do this with, when Galaxy's Edge opens? And what will be the price tag? Yeah. I, I still can't decide after just so recently having been there. I don't know if I can deal on like in the opening weeks of Galaxy's Edge. Well, so that's that's the thing. Is it worth paying? At, uh, my guess is going to be at least three hundred. They're doing this for Pixar Pier. I mean, Star Wars they can yeah. easily go more than that. But if you're looking at three hundred dollars, is three hundred dollars worth it to be able to experience every single offering in the park with a, with less people there yes. the day before everybody else? Yes, that that part is good. I do that. Yeah, and that'd be the only way I'd go. You know, it's going to be a fine balance five to see the costs and all that too. Like, uh, right? We'll we'll see soon. I mean, then our I think our next story is going to change a lot of people's minds depending on what they want to do, and the price point. Right. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Very very exciting. Yeah. What's next? I'm, I'm hoping. I, man. I kind of would pay 300 bucks to go there. Right? But here's the thing. You have Galaxy's Edge opening around this time next year. And there's also something really big happening next year as well. Right. Around this time. Around the same time. Star Wars Celebration is heading to Chicago uh, next year. It'll be April 11th through the 15th, 2019. 
uh, multi-day, single-day, and VIP passes. They are going to go on sale June 5th at noon Central Time. So uh, I'm going to have to buy my tickets then, but that's fine because... What are the prices for that stuff, do you know? Um, Last year, I think a four-day pass, which I bought, was like $300. Was it? Let me, mm-hmm. let me check my... Might have been, it was either like two, it might have, somewhere around two fifty to three hundred bucks. I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Um, they don't sell out immediately, but the Jedi Knight Pass does. Which which one is that? Uh, oh, real quick, here's so my a four day adult ticket was one forty. So oh. for you and Nicole, it was about three. It was. Oh, bucks. that's where I'm getting that's that number was, from. Yeah, because yeah, collectively, yeah. Collectively, so okay. for two people, it was three hundred one dollars and sixty cents. But the uh, I think they only had at one point they used to have a Jedi Knight and a, a Jedi Master package, and those went for I think it was twelve hundred and fifteen hundred dollars a ticket. But it guaranteed you entry into every panel, uh, a side entrance into the uh, floor, and you got in like half an hour to an hour earlier than everybody else discounts to the celebration store discounts to like everything and this uh, special lounge i mean it it paid for itself but every year that sells out within the first two minutes oh gosh and how much more was that again uh you're looking from like a thousand dollars more you're oh, like never a thousand dollars more yeah it's yeah. expensive it's similar to what they do at d23 but star wars yeah that's that's a bit much Yes. See, I like having these future nerd goals for myself, though. So, you know, when <laughs> yeah. I'm a millionaire somehow, yeah. I will spend ridiculous VIP money on Star Wars Celebration. Yes. When my film premieres at the Canonimus Film Festival and I become <laughs> <laughs> a millionaire, exactly. I will buy the best Star Wars ticket I can. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, taste won't, won't won't mature at all. I'll just get better at spending money. On them. <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm very excited. I'm gonna uh, go. I'm gonna yeah. go. So I've I've been to Chicago, but I've never like been to Chicago. If that makes sense, like I've been through it. Sure. To get somewhere else, <laughs> uh, because like we go visit Nicole's family in Illinois sometimes, and we've had to go through Chicago, but I've never stopped and like had a pizza or like a hot dog or like seen a show you know or do a star war or or been to a star war uh (laughs) so i am looking forward to not only going to star wars celebration but also have a couple days to like explore chicago so that's totally yeah i actually i spent my younger years my middle school years um in illinois i grew up in peoria uh, which is like two and a half hours away from chicago so you know, we did some school trips up there, and Chicago's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Nice. I'm excited. I'm excited I don't have to go all the way to Los Angeles. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't complain. It's, it's Celebration is such a, such a fun experience. If you haven't gone, go. Yeah. It's worth the money. It's worth the time. It's You get to hang around with thousands of people who want to talk Star Wars, who dress Star Wars, who eat Star Wars. You go into the bathroom and you're at a urinal next to a Wookiee. Like it's, it's it's an awesome experience. It's if you have again if you've never been, go start saving money. Hotel information will be posted soon. Uh, keep in mind a lot of the hotels near the convention center right now have been booked out by the convention itself. 
Oh. So for like staff and stuff. Well, no. What they do is for all these conventions, they do this for San Diego Comic Con. WonderCon does this too. C two E two. All these, all these large conventions. What they'll do is they'll make deals with the hotels, and they'll use uh, another website. Uh, I think like Comic Con uses On Peak, and what they'll do is they'll open up discounted reservations for the convention. Hmm. Cool. So when hmm. we went to I- Orlando, I think we ended up doing that. Yeah, I'm considering getting a hotel, like, really, really close. So the hard part about that is just making sure when the hotels go on sale that you hop on right away. If it's, yeah. like, Comic-Con, I don't I don't think they're going to be doing a raffle. Comic-Con, in order to get a hotel, you literally are raffled in to see if you can even get one. Like, it's a pain Jesus. in the butt. Wow. Celebration, uh, in the past, I've, I've never had an issue with it. You just have to make sure as soon as they go on sale, you get it because they will sell out, especially the ones right next door. Yeah. So for people who like me, but I'm doing it anyway, who are scared a little <laughs> bit about conventions, um, the mass of people, the pushing, the attitudes, the dudes, like, it, would you say that Star Wars convention is kind of on the more extreme end of conventions or the more laid back end in um, terms of just the atmosphere? The atmosphere is very energetic, but I would definitely suggest that before you go to a big convention like Celebration, go to a smaller local convention like Wizard World, WonderCon, uh, something like that, just to get your, your feet wet. Yeah, because you're going to mm-hmm. experience a lot of the same problems. Where are you going to eat? The crowds, the lines, how are you going to get there? That way you can kind of figure things out before you get to, to Celebration. I mean, we had ourselves planned and we were ready to go and everything. And then day one, Josh, we waited, what, two and a half hours to get in? something like that like even we had prepped as much as we could and even then we still had to deal with crazy lines like it's you it helps to know a little bit before you go in that way all of a sudden you're not thrown into a two and a half hour line and you're not even sure if this is to get in if you're going to see your panel so if you can do a smaller convention do it beforehand so you kind of prep good advice but we've got a lot of yeah a lot more advice leading up to the actual convention. We have like a whole year, so yeah, we'll we'll sprinkle it here and there. Yeah. Anyway, cool. um, that's gonna do it for the news. You guys ready for the creature of the week? Woo. Bring it on. Good job, Buck. They want no wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> Our creature of the week, the Denebo bush, was a predatory species of bush. That was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a. Uh, it's native to Deniba. Who'd have thunk? A semi-sentient plant that... Semi-sentient disgu- plant. Semi-sentient. So it's Ooh. only half creature of the week. Uh, disguised, <laughs> as a tr- <laughs> disguised as a tree in order to lure its prey, the bush would pick up dead, discarded leaves and hold them on its branches. Unwary, passerby would then find themselves the object of the plant's next meal. Where on earth did this appear? Oh. Uh, in a Star Wars Episode One Adventures book... A scholastic book. Yeah, you're one of those kid- young readers. This is a legend. Oh, I remember bush. these. Oh god. You remember these? That cover. These are like at the the book fairs. This looks like a goosebumps like. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the the summary of this book. Jabba the Hutt is angry. Shocker. Yeah. Like he's always angry. Wait, yeah. so does this bush eat people? Yeah. Oh. It eats boy. everything. Oh, yeah. no. But it's only semi sentient, so it only half knows what it's doing. <laughs> it, look, yeah. it sounds like the one in this book ate a Doug. Poor Doug. Ate someone named Doug? A Doug. Remember the Dugs? The oh, Doug Sebulba? Oh. 
<sighs> I thought you, I thought you uh <laughs> I thought you said it ate someone named Doug. I was like, oh that poor guy. No. Josh is the, tired. His <laughs> name or her name was Kiss. C H I S S. Kiss the Doug. Anyway, right. we're, this is a crazy rabbit hole now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. If you have any questions, you can email us at longtimeagoradio at gmail.com. And you can head over to our website, a starwarspodcast.com. And if you want to find me on Twitter, you can do so. I'm at the Jawa Josh. Where can folks find you? I am at Rebecca June Lane on Twitter. And our official Twitter is at LTA underscore radio. You can find me on Instagram, dapper underscore fet, facebook.com slash longtimeagoradio. Uh, real quick for any 501st members, tickets to the San Diego Comic-Con bash are on sale now, so get them before they sell out. That sounds like fun. Oh, it's yeah. tiki-themed. Ooh, a tiki bash. Yep. Ooh, Good Java. times. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. May the force be with you. Goodbye. See you. Bye. Bye.